Welcome to Mortified, the Friendship Quest, a podcast where two long-distance friends bounce media recommendations, all in hopes the other will like it. I'm Aaron. And I'm the longest-ending sequence known to man. (laughs) And this week, we open our February of Romance with the 2017 Hindi rom-com, Filari. Uh, before we reunite lost lovers with the power of gramophones, uh, remember you can help us on Mortified the Legitimacy Quest by subscribing to us on YouTube, iTunes, or Spotify, or following us on Tumblr at MortifiedPod. Layla. Aaron. Would you ever marry a tree? Without hesitation. Oh, word? Oh, word. No, no hesitation. None. Wow. Very yeah. strong pro, pro, pro tree romance stance. Is that, it's just... You you, you just, just like can't trees. find anything better. Yeah, no, I mean, I listen. Like, I just like trees. <laughs> I, I've I've met I've met a couple men in my life. Um, yeah, I, I think I think there's like a solid 40 percent of trees that are better than all men. So that's correct. Um, yeah, listen. Like a handsome oak, mm-hmm. or like a. I've been in some old growth forests uh, in my life. I've had the pleasure, and I one hundred percent. There are some trees. I would, yeah, I'd be like, yeah, that's 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 what I take care of now for the rest of time. Sure. <laughs> It'd be like being a shrine maiden, but for a cool tree. Yeah, honestly, uh, you could do so much worse. Um, Layla, why are we talking about uh, tree marriage today? So, again, you know, we're, we're kind of lifting the curtain on the mortified selection process. And every once in a while, there's months that have themes. In February, you know, me and Aaron love a rom-com, so we're leaning into the month of romance. Uh, and so we, we, last time we did a Bollywood movie, uh, we loved it. It was a great time. Songs from it ended up on my, like, top 100 for the year. Um, Yejawani Haidawani was a delight. So Mm -hmm. we were like, why don't we take this opportunity and do uh, more Bollywood? And so we found this delightful rom-com, uh, Filari, and we gave it a watch. And, um, I think we both have some notes. Yeah, you know, I think it has a very fun premise and there's a lot of fun set pieces uh and also uh maybe maybe 45 to 60 minutes too long but um you know the parts that worked really did work for me so we'll we'll talk about it yeah i i think it could have been two different movies right yes i mean in in many ways (laughs) it it is two different movies um it should have been differenter yes I, i i agree with that so um how do you want to do the the plot summary? I, well, I think you have more notes. So do you want me to do you want me to read? Uh, yes. Okay, great. We start with Kanan, a 26-year-old rapper who's returning from Canada uh, back to Punjab, I think, right? Specifically? Uh, I Does it say? Maybe? Maybe? No, Anu is from Punjab. Anyway, he's returning back to to India uh, to marry his girlfriend, Anu, who I love and is perfect and has done nothing wrong ever in her entire life. Correct. Uh, He is having cold feet about their relationship because he's a foolish and vain boy. (laughs) I don't know. I I just don't know why he he wasn't ready to commit besides the fact that he sucks. Um, So that's why I put that in there. Uh, Well, he's too busy beatboxing. Yeah, I mean, he is a professional beatboxer. (laughs) I don't know if you know this, but after you get married, it's illegal to beatbox. So uh, I hope yeah, you don't no. do that. They did, yeah, because I got married in Illinois. Um, in Indiana, it's it's okay, but you know, once I once I moved back to Illinois, um, they did you know make sure like the they had like an agent come to my office and just be like, hey, just a reminder, you're you're in Illinois now. We don't allow that sort of behavior. And I was like, okay, sure. 
Right, right, right. Exactly. Well, so uh, when Kanan arrives uh, to his home, his family, mind you, to like a like the biggest reception one could imagine, mm-hmm. his family informs him that his horoscope sucks, and in order to get rid of the sucky horoscope, he needs to first marry a tree. He reluctantly agrees, and then after he marries the inauspicious tree, it is cut down so that he can marry his girlfriend, Anu. I loved the tree marriage ceremony because Kanan was so depressed about it, but everyone else was absolutely taking the piss. Yeah, it was really fun. There's a bit where, like, Anu has the the selfie stick and is, like, taking pictures of him, and, like, they're throwing, like, you know, saffron confetti everywhere, and he just looks so sad. (laughs) He's just kind of like... Yeah, I'm doing this, I guess. Yeah, I'll say Kanan the character sucks, but mm-hmm. the actor is great. He has a very right. great, like, disaffected, <laughs> right. like, awful no. smile that doesn't reach his eyes. Correct. So Kanan is distant at one of the wedding parties. When Anu comes to confront him, he gives wishy-washy answers, and Anu says that she can't keep waiting for him to be in the right frame of mind for marriage. However... The night after the tree ceremony, he is visited by a spirit who levitates his bed a la the exorcism. Kanan uh, is terrified. Yeah. yeah. It's, she lives it pretty high, too. She's a strong lady. <laughs> yeah, it's very funny where she's just kind of like, hey, hey, man, wake up. Wake up. Ah, fuck it. And then just does a full, like, shaking and rattling the bed and then drops it on the ground. And then he, like, yells and he falls out and then his whole family shows up and they're like, hey, what's going on? And um, Anu thinks it's because he's been smoking weed, which is very good. Yeah, and then he's a big baby about it. It's terrified. It's like, can I come sleep in your bed, please? Right. Yeah, no, very funny. And she's just like, God, you're the worst. Gosh, she puts up with way too much. Anu, yes. do better. Get mm-hmm. better. Um, all, all the women in this are great and all the men are terrible. Yeah. yeah. Well, at least in the present day. Right. Um, the spirit then confronts Kanan, cornering him in a bathtub, a great scene. Mm-hmm. Uh, he tells her that he had to marry a tree because of his shitty horoscope. And then the spirit reveals that she was in the tree. And I think the line that she says here is great, which is, you don't marry a tree, you idiot. You marry a girl. Mm-hmm. Girls tree. Yeah. No. Uh, uh, there's another really funny line where he's like talking to her and he's like, so have you always been a ghost? And she's like, yeah, I was born a ghost. Are you fucking, <laughs> are you daft? You idiot. <laughs> I think the, the exact line is like, were you dead before you died? <laughs> it's just like, come on, man. He's so stupid. He's 26. So, he's you know, 26. Maybe, maybe a little to- bit. <laughs> he needs to find himself, you know, as he says, mm-hmm. he is so stupid. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, the, 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 so the spirit reveals that she was in the tree. Uh, Kanan is now her husband. The spirit then, uh, she kind of, like, has these triggers for flashbacks, right? Like, she's kind of confused for a little while, but she right. starts to flashback to her childhood around 18, 1918, 1919. Uh, her name is Shashi, and we love Shashi. She's, she's a queen. She's an idol. Right. And she was the sister of a respected, uh, town doctor in the village of Philar. Like, that is the village. Mm -hmm. Keep that in mind. Uh, She wrote poems under the pseudonym Philauri after her village name. She couldn't publish them herself because she was a woman. Misogyny, right? This is a historical drama. But everybody believes that these poems were written by Rup Lal, who calls himself Philauri. So he is Philauri who can sing, but his songs are all like 
you know, they're panty droppers. He's out there chasing chasing tail. Right. And she writes these beautiful poems uh, under the same pseudonym, and he has been kind of taking credit for them right. because no one else has come forth, right? Right. Uh, Rupa is a popular local musician. He's also a bit of a slut. Uh, he tries to woo Shashi as she turns him down, saying he has a talent but won't inspire people during this moment of Indian independence because he sings substanceless songs. He quotes one of her own poems at her and she slaps him. This is a great moment. Yeah, yeah. You know, I think and this is like a, a pivotal moment for Roop too because he is like, from this moment on, he like immediately quits drinking and like starts to go volunteer and like starts studying the poems um and like you know it it turns this whole life around and like you know i do kind of wish that we lived in a society where you could just slap a man slap some sense into him and then like he was like oh i've been (laughs) living i've I've been indolent my entire life it's time to turn it around honestly yeah it's it's a good listen i'm a pacifist but every once in a while someone needs to get like a light ass whooping Nothing dangerous, right? I'm not trying to do murder here, but like every once in a while, I think we should be able to just do a little bit of a slap across the face. Right. I'm pro Will Smith. Yes, same. I <laughs> that, that, that was a. I think that was a good good time to bring a slap back. Mm-hmm. Um. So yes, this confrontation changes Rup, who gives up drinking and begins studying the poems in the newspaper. Eventually, Shashi reveals that to him that she is the poet. This is also when the audience finds out. Um. Mm-hmm. They fall in love. Uh, throughout this process, because she sees he's a changing man, and then they do it. This is, you know, I, I kind of glossed over this in the summary, but there's a very funny part where, like, you know, she eventually gets pregnant because of this, and, like, you know, they, they end up, like, planning their wedding, and um, Shashi has this friend, and, like, you know, Shashi has the, the, the typical, like, oh, I'm going to go throw up because I'm pregnant, uh, and then... You know, she kind of explains this to her her friend. When her friend realizes it, she says, um, yuck, disgusting. You did it with him? <laughs> Which, um, that's what your friends should be doing. They should always be making fun of you for your hookups. Absolutely. Oh, I already do. Yes, mm-hmm. I love doing that to my friends who have hookups. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, so uh, uh, Shashi sets Roop up with a recording deal from a gramophone label because somebody wrote into the newspaper asking for the identity of Phil Lowry and she's like, oh, well, I told them it was you. Mm-hmm. I can't go anywhere. My brother is too restrictive. I want you to go and like have this beautiful record deal. Um, Roop is like, okay, listen, I'll go, but I will sing as Phil Lowry, but the record will also have your name there as Phil Lowry as the writer. Like I will do this right. for us. I will lift you up with me, which I thought was lovely. Sure. Uh, unfortunately, at that moment, uh, Roop's shitty friend tattles on them yeah. and brings Shashi's brother, which, by the way, my man, why are you so obsessed with Roop? I mean, yeah, no, this is clearly like, oh, my friend started hanging out with this girl and now now I have no one to drink with. Yeah, it's, it's that archetype of just like shitty dude friend who's like, you know, bros before hoes, man, come on. For uh, real. So he goes to tell uh, the fucking brother, and the brother beats the shit out of both. <laughs> yeah, not great. And uh, says that Rupa is not a respectable person, uh, and and gives Shashi this whole lecture. And you and I both thought, because he brought her some medicine after he smacked her in the face, you and I both thought he was poisoning her. Yeah, because I mean, like she, we know she dies young. So I was like, is this how she dies? That's 
that sucks. Um, but yeah, yeah thankfully, thankfully up. not. Uh, by the way, we've been talking a lot about the past timeline. Uh, nothing is happening in the present timeline. Yeah, it's it's wild. There, I, I, you know, there's some notes later on about the present timeline, but really, it is just kind of like this retelling, occasionally cut in with Kanan uh, just being like, uh, "I'm being haunted, and no one believes me." Right, and being dodgy about wanting to get married for no discernible reason other than being 26. Right. Um. So, uh, Roop agrees, actually, with the brother's assessment and says he's going to go off and make money and come back and marry Shashi. Uh, he sends some money back after his recording goes through in a, a, a wonderful scene where uh, he sends back 300 rupees and the messenger is like, 300 rupees, doctor, is a lot of money. Where's my, how's that tip? Looking yeah, up? yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's really good. That That is very, that's, that's very much like what brown people are like to be. Like, yeah, I believe that. <laughs> Yes, it was great. I love all the... The the uncles are great at this movie. Yes, it is full of uncles uh, and aunties. It's a great film. <laughs> so, uh, you know, uh, he, Rube promised he would marry Shashi if he came back and be successful. Uh, but, on the you know, once he sends the money, the brother is like, hey, I was wrong. He's really... He values you. He treasures you. He really is trying. I think he's worthy of you. And uh, I will agree to give him your hand in marriage on the agreed upon day. Um, and, uh, we will, I will give you away in style. Uh, and you know, she cries and it's beautiful. And they set up this whole betrothal party, right? This engagement party. And the whole day she's waiting for him. The whole day Shashi is waiting. And this is where the, the exchange happens with, you know, like, Ew, you, you had sex. Gross. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and, uh, but he never shows. Mm-hmm. And, uh, the brother, <laughs> and this is just the state of misogyny a hundred years ago. The brother was like, I will send you away to Lahore to marry a, a respectable doctor. Um, nobody will know of your past that you were disgracefully left at the altar. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, oh, come on, man. Come on, my brother. That was, that's that not her fault. fault. <laughs> right. Uh, so, uh, Shashi, uh, disgraced and, uh, about to be a mother out of wedlock, uh, dies by suicide. She hangs herself from a tree, the tree mm-hmm. to which she is bound. Right. Uh, all of this is kind of woven between Kanan and Anu's story. There's a bunch of arguments between Kanan and Anu, but eventually Shashi, the, the, <laughs> she reveals herself to Anu by wrapping herself in Anu's wedding veil, and so mm-hmm. she's able to see like her form, which mm-hmm. scares the shit out of her and makes her. <laughs> it kind of only makes her forgive Kanan for being so weird. Right. She passes out, and Shashi is such a stone cold bitch that she looks down at her. She goes, "Why does everyone in this house keep fainting?" You're right. Yeah. No. <laughs> she's just like, I, "This is completely normal. Ghosts are ghosts are, are hanging out all the time. Y'all should." Um, you know, y'all are a bunch of babies here in the 21st century. Um, we we also didn't say this because I, I didn't put it in the notes, but like there's a bit where Anu or um, Shashi is like watching um, like all the modern innovations. Like when Anu comes up to like get a picture taken with Kanan, she like says, she's like, oh my God, she's naked. Cause she can see like, she's wearing a backless <laughs> dress. Um, and there's a bit where everybody's like dancing at one of the parties. And she's just like, I don't think that, they even dance like this in the brothels, uh, which is really funny. I do love the idea of Shashi being like, "Wow, I hate the future." Yeah, she. I mean, she's you know, she's an upright citizen. She's an upstanding right. girl. Mm-hmm. Um, 
So Anna's grandmother gives her a very nice necklace that's been in the family for a long time. She prompts Kanan to say something nice to Anu, but he can't because he's stupid. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, Shashi has Kanan repeat one of her poems, and Anu is very moved by the line. Okay, we need to talk about this moment. Mm-hmm. First of all, you pointed out Shashi's looking right at Anu the whole time she's saying this shit. So, mm-hmm. like, give me the lesbian ghost story that we deserve. Right. Bro, if you need a ghost to dictate how to compliment your girlfriend. It's really what bad. Are, <laughs> what are we doing? <laughs> right. No, no. Kanan is thoroughly fucking useless. <laughs> um, does not, <laughs> is not able to do anything for his, his girlfriend who, who like, who waited for him for three years, who like, you know, convinced his parents to let him go to Canada to pursue his stupid ass rapid dream. Um, yeah, no, he, he and he's just kind of like uh i don't know what to say uh ghost ghost wife help me <laughs> um and like listen I, I think that if if we had like a hundred episodes of a manga or something we could get a like help i married a tree and now the, my ghost wife is is <laughs> giving me advice on how to date my current <laughs> wife um like i think that would be a great slice of what life like long form story but um yeah in this compressed form it just makes um it just makes Kanan uh, look like a dipshit. It makes him look like such a dipshit. And it's like, just the most rizless motherfucker bo- ever born. <laughs> and uh, it's so much. Anyway, uh, so while Kanan uh, is reciting the poem, the grandmother recognizes the lines and starts to kind of sing the tune. Um, and because it's on a gramophone record that she loves... Turns out, Roop did manage to strike it rich in Amritsar, uh, using Shashi's poems and his musical talent, publishing under both their names, as he promised. Um, and when they look at the record, again, a moment we have to dissect. Okay, when yeah. When they look mm-hmm. at the record, mm-hmm. one, it has been established in this fiction, because uh, the the youths kind of speak Hinglish, like it's half Hindi and half English. And when they do that, uh, Shashi can't understand them. Like, she needs them just to fucking speak Hindi. So mm-hmm. how does she know? How how can she read English then on the record? I mean, and, so the the British Raj was a thing in India for, you know, like a hundred years. So, you know, she would have grown up in the time under British occupation. So okay. it's, it's not unreasonable for her to know some English. Fair. Uh, okay. That's fine. I can deal with that. If grandma had turned around seeing that ghost hold that record, it would just be floating in the air to her Mm -hmm. and she would die. Yeah. I mean, grandma also apparently remembers that 1919 was a terrible year. So she is over a hundred. She's like, she's all she is over a hundred years old. (laughs) Um, Listen, there's a lot of plot holes in this movie. I'm willing to forgive a lot of them because I don't think they're interesting, but uh, it is it is funny. It is so, I just, I, the whole time I was waiting for grandma to turn around and just drop. I was like, this is so stressful. Grandma me. was actually one of my favorite characters though. Cause she was always talking about how much, um, she's Anu's, um, um, grandmother. And she was always talking about how much, um, Anu's grandfather loved to fuck. Uh, oh yeah. She's a very horny grandma. I love that so much. Which is great. Like whenever she finds them, you know, together, she's like, oh, y'all are in the bedroom already. Can't wait. Huh? Uh, just, very funny. Just like grandpa. Just like grandpa. <laughs> <laughs> that's incredibly funny so here's one of the wildest yeah. parts of okay this flick. so yeah layla 
what do you know about the history of Indian liberation? <laughs> I know there were many massacres. I know this is one of them. So I wrote a book about, you know, Indian, uh, like kind of a satire of, of Indian stories and Indian revolution um, that never got published, uh, sadly. But um, one of the first things I learned when I started researching uh, Indian history is something called the... Um, uh, Jallian Wallabag massacre. Um, essentially, what happened is there's this, you know, protest for this is happening in 1919, right? So this is post World War One. Um, you know, a lot of Indians have fought in the British Army, uh, and they are they're agitating for independence, right? Um, Gandhi, you know, I don't hasn't quite done the Quit India movement just yet, but like, you know, there there is this is eventually going to be the thing that you know he latches onto um, and wins independence for. Um, but like th- this is a keystone moment in British history or British and Indian history because you know this there's this protest to say hey you know we fought for you in the war um, we want to you know have rights y'all y'all are continuing to treat us as second class citizens you know we are a colony you are extracting wealth from us uh, and there's this place in in Amritsar um, called uh, Yallianwala Bag um, where this protest happens and um, the British army commanded by uh, a cor- Colonel Dyer. Um, comes down, they send two, um, you know, uh, battalions of uh, colonial infantry, uh, and basically the Jallianwala Bagh is basically like a like a walled-in area. Um, it's just like a big courtyard, uh, and they, you know, the British, you know, the, the colonial infantry opened fire on the people protesting, and you know, between you know one, you know, like bet- a lot of people died. Like the, the numbers are disputed, but it's like anywhere between three hundred and a thousand people were killed. Um, it, it's one of the most famous massacres in Indian history. Um, April thirteenth, nineteen nineteen. I had it marked on my <laughs> Google Calendar for a while, um, like just a. Uh, because I, you know, I was writing this book uh, around the hundredth anniversary of it, uh, and you know, it was just, it was, it's just a while to be like. Anyway, so this character Roop, uh, he, he was recording right outside where, <laughs> outside the alley in Wallabog, uh, and uh, his his you know recording buddy was like, hey, uh, I'm gonna go to a place real quick. Do you want to come with me? And then I'll then I'll see you off. Uh, and he is killed. <laughs> he is killed in this historical massacre. Uh, and that's why he never made it to the wedding. <laughs> Killed in slow motion, by the way. Um, and, and this gets wilder, actually, because I think, okay, putting somebody into a historical event, fine, whatever. I, you know, Liberty's... Uh, Anastasia is one of my favorite movies, right? right I was talking right. about the Romanovs. What I think this... I think, I think the ending is wilder. I really do. So, Anu and Kanan drive Shashi the ghost to the place of the massacre while Anu reads the Wikipedia. She's like reading the Wikipedia during the car. (laughs) And they find, no, okay, I, listen, your summary is, I need to, I'm gonna, they walk into the square and like she sees the plaque for the martyrs and then so I need everybody to understand. I need I need to talk about the fucking ghost logistics. Uh fucking Kanan is the only person who can see Shashi. Anu has seen kind of a vague outline of her fucking with physical objects, but ha- she can't see the woman Shashi. So for the first half of this scene, fucking Anu is watching 
Kanan for his reactions. And Shashi is like walking up this very solemn, like nearly faceless crowd of ghosts that is just like crowding this like all the people who died in that massacre are just still fucking there haunting the space mm-hmm. and she's she is not even processing the tragedy of it she's just looking for her boyfriend right and you know he for some reason waits until she's almost like gone and then starts reciting poetry to her and I now mind you I did this did make me cry yeah no, no I am I did tear up a little bit when I when I got to the ghost scene <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. It, it did work it's, for me, unfortunately. It did, it did unfortunately. Starting from Shashi's suicide, I was tearing up quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, but, so then, they have what is the longest, wildest reunion scene I've ever watched. It was like six minutes long of them just making micro-expressions at each other. I think four words were exchanged. And then they almost ascend to presumably heaven. And then... Shashi comes back down to just, like, tell the kids to take care of each other. But what? And then they go. And then the kids, like, hug it out, I guess. They don't even kiss. It's, it, like, I, it is such an insane moment. It is a wild way to end a film uh, with, like, a four-minute montage of people looking at each other. And then, like, golden light sparkles. And then, you know... Be a good husband to each other. Anyway, bye. Um, yeah, this is this is where I, I my biggest criticism comes in, which is like this movie is terribly paced. Um, th- they, this should have been like a sixty minute film, um, maybe seventy minutes if you want to get all like the music stuff in. Uh, but there there are just so many shots that take forever. Uh, places that they just like should not have lingered on because nothing was happening or didn't like achieve a specific effect like um yeah i this this is why i didn't really like the movie as much as i wanted it to i liked what it was going okay i oh okay it's 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 weird because the beginning of the movie is so slapstick it is it is a physical slapstick comedy. People are fainting. Like the way Kanan faints when he first sees Shashi is he like scoots himself into a desk too hard. Right. That's slapstick. And then it turns into this like very serious historical drama about Shashi living in these like revolutionary times under her uh, like borderline abusive oppressive brother right dealing with the misogyny of the times and then like you know they're talking about like Rupe being a philanderer and like all these things and it turns into this like very tender love story between these two people and then you zoom back out to the present and it's more of Kanan beatboxing and it's just like it is so tonally dissonant and also weirdly paced. Mm-hmm. I liked what it was going for, but right. it was the wildest structure for a film probably since Anastasia, which if you rewatch it now has no songs in it past the first 30 minutes. Mm-hmm. It's um, ver- a very strange choice. Um, you know, I'm sure there were production constraints that led to these, you know, maybe not doing as good of an editing job as they should have. Um, but no, you I know, think, I think uh, this is script, baby. I think this is <laughs> that's it. This just, from the get go was just kind of insane. 
it's you could you could have there i think you if you watch this movie at like 1.5 times speed i think it would improve it by like a full point on my like one to five point rating <laughs> like i just i just think that yeah there, there are just so many weird choices that i don't necessarily think added to what they were going for the the, the tonal clashing the long shots um the 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 cutting back and forth um when like really the the story is much i i genuinely think this is a a, a movie that is much more interested about the historical drama aspect because you know as much as i love anu and uh, kanan you know they're not really the main focus here they just sort of just like kind of end up together at the end um and i'm willing to forgive a lot of that because i'm pretty forgiving of most genre work when it's like okay you're working in a genre uh you're trying to achieve a certain thing and you kind of know that your audience will play along um that said, you know, I, I think this is a completely fine B movie. Yeah, I mean, like, again, I liked it. I thought it was fun. Um, I, I actually liked some of the songs, too. Uh, I, I liked one of I liked one of the songs. I thought Roop's opening song was pretty good. Um, you know, I think I think that's true. I, I think if it had leaned more into the fun stuff, I would have liked it more because I really like the stuff with with Anu and Kanan, like kind of like dicking around. Um, like when they're not having like arguments about how much Kanan sucks, like I did, I did like all of that, like all the stuff at the, the, the party, that was all fun. You know, the family stuff, the family, like kind of clowning on, um, uh, Kanan, that's all fun. Yeah. I wanted it. God. Yeah. It just totally, it was so weird. Cause on one hand, I agree with you. All that stuff was really fun, but if I'm watching the historical drama, then I don't want that stuff. It feels weird. Right. But if I'm watching a fun, goofy, then, you know, movie, then the historical drama also needs to lighten up. Like it was, it, it was just clinically insane. The whiplash from Kanan beatboxing to standing, in a in a, fucking plaza full of ghosts that are supposed to be from the Amritsar massacre insane is an insane choice it's, it's it's a bonkers choice yeah yeah um you know that said i am glad we watched it because it's just a wild film to have experienced um i agree i mean that's what this podcast is for right it's for right. us to find this shit and watch it and go wow <laughs> Wow, that was something, huh? <laughs> that um, sure was an experience that we shared. Yeah, so you know, to to kind of broaden broaden out to our talking points, like, uh, you know, what what do you think makes uh, for a good piece of pacing or structure, you know, in a piece of media, like? Because I, like, I think there is a good movie in here. It just needs to be, you know, extracted from all the weird stuff. Yeah, so, I mean, like that's so subjective, right? Because right. like. <sighs> again, it depends on what kind of movie you want to make. Because I keep thinking about The Boy and the Heron. Like, if you look at The Boy and the Heron from, like, a Western three-act structure, it's po- it's quote-unquote poorly paced. But it's not poorly sure. paced when you watch it. It's it's beautifully paced. It's wonderful and, and thoughtful. And there's a lot of moments of, you know, that, that concept of ma, that concept of, like, nothingness. Um, and that's beautiful. But again, tonally, you have to decide what you are, because if you're going to be a, 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 you know, historical drama, then I think that the historical drama parts were paced okay, right? Because they were, they were giving us insight into Roop and into his relationship with Soma and with Shashi, Soma the friend, Mm -hmm. Shashi, Shashi's life, uh, under her brother and with her friend, right? Like it, it was, I thought that stuff was good. It's just, like, then intercut with this, like, slapstick 
at that like weird moments like modern day storyline it just needs to decide tonally what it is and then it can decide how to pace itself but if it doesn't understand tone then the pacing will naturally be off right right did you like how where what like what are your edits like where where do you think the points of extraction are I mean, I really think that it it is like they do a lot of these like love sequences, which I I don't think are effective because we don't really see the relationship between them building. We just kind of get like romance music and lyrics that you know those those lyrics are supposed to convey you know what the characters are experiencing and feeling. But one, you know, there's a language barrier, right? Like you know, the vast majority of this this film is not in English, so like you know the 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 songs didn't quite work on me the same way. Um, and, and just to, you know, because we don't actually see a lot of, like, interaction between Roop and Shashi, like, I don't really get why Shashi is into Roop at all. He seems like kind of a, again, kind, kind of a, a, a useless guy like Kanan, um, you know, like, he, he stole her credit for her poems. Um, and, like, you know, obviously, right, he, he turned his life around and he became cool uh, and, and that's all well and good. But like I didn't, I didn't really see that there's there's anything more than that. Like they don't really have, you know, I, I guess they did have some some scenes where they were talking about the poetry. But like I kind of wish that there had been more more shots of him like actually asking her about her her writing process and like why you know why she's making various choices. You know, something that shows that he's invested in her. Um, and, I, and I think that might be a criticism that can be broadened out to most rom coms, right? Because there there is kind of just like an understanding that these two are going to end up together so you don't really have to to put too much in there but you know i just i've been thinking a lot about um you know the ways to write characters romantically because i'm trying to do that in in the book that i'm writing right now um and and I, I, a lot of the notes that i've got back was like hey you know we have to see why they like each other we have to see you know that that relationship build um, and, and I don't, I don't think that the romantic aspect like built really at all, which is why, you know, I clung on to Shashi reciting the poem to, you know, Anu basically, um, because like she, she is doing it in a tender and sincere way. Um, and like giving her attention in a way that Kanan never does. Yeah. Jesus Christ. Yeah. And I think in that you kind of stumble on something else, which is like, not only does tone dictate pacing, but it also dictates, like, the level of character development you want to give and right. the, like, amount of attention you want to give. Because, like, I've literally written an essay about this. If your characters, if you're just doing, like, a light phone rom-com, like, Thumbelina is my favorite example of this. You're just doing a light phone rom-com. I don't actually need to know all that much about the characters. I'm okay with just saying, it's a beautiful prince and a beautiful princess, and they're in love. Mm -hmm. That's fine. But because of this, like, slow historical drama you're right like you want to know more about why these two people are even drawn to each other rather than oh she was playing hard to get and then he kind of turned his shit around and now they're cool um so yeah it's uh yeah i agree i, I wanted i wanted more though again it did make me cry so i don't know listen yeah i mean just because um we have criticisms doesn't mean like the parts that hit don't hit um, you know, I, I think if you're in the market for like kind of a, you know, a lazy rom-com that doesn't like demand that much of you to like pay attention to the plot and you just kind of want to have something on while you're, you know, around the house, um, and also you are able to read subtitles or, or speak Hindi, I guess, uh, if you're in that very specific, uh, instance of our listenership, um, 
then then maybe this this will be like a good one for you. But um, you know, I, I am glad this movie exists. Uh, and and it brings me to you know my our marketing minute, which is like, Layla. Uh, if you're making a movie uh, about your life or otherwise, uh, what wild historical event would you want to include in it? Oh, oh boy! Do you have one? Um, I think I'm. I think I'm like caught between two. One is like the uh, Barack Obama announcing his presidency, uh, his candidacy for president, because I was in Springfield that day. I just happened to be in Springfield going to the Abraham Lincoln Museum. Uh, on the day okay. he announced it, um, and and if if there was somebody making a you know a biopic about me, they would like they would use that to to you know parallel you know both all the potential that I had and all of you know and also foreshadow all the crimes that I would do later in life. Um, and then you know if I was just doing kind of like a historical or, or like you know I would this might this might be uh, crass, but I would love to do like a completely totally discernant, um you know, narrative like a, you know, like a rom-com set in, in DC where like a high powered lawyer uh, and like an Uber driver fall in love and they, they learn to appreciate each other. Um, and then the Capitol riot happens. Okay. You know, <laughs> so that's funny you say that. Cause I was immediately, my first one was J6. <laughs> yeah. I was, yeah. Uh, I feel like, you know that one or um it's a little bit like if in in the middle of pirates of the caribbean you know like they see the 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 fucking like um the boston tea party (laughs) happen or like (laughs) or like the war of 1812 breaks out in the middle of it yeah I, yeah, I feel like I feel like a um, I would love like a tonally discordant uh, rom com set around January six. Um, <laughs> I think that'd be a lot of fun. Also, God, so much history has happened in the last like six years that I'm almost you know over like I it's it's hard to parse mm-hmm. what has happened because every day is history. Hey, Layla, how how many years out do you think we are from like the the yearning COVID romance? Like the two lovers are separated during COVID oh, quarantine. I'm like less than sure, ten, you think? <laughs> pretty sure those have already been made during COVID. Yeah, I hope I hope that I never have to experience them. <laughs> yeah, unless I find it and think it's funny, it was unless <laughs> unless it's hysterical, and then in which case we'll talk about it on the podcast. <laughs> absolutely oh god okay let me give it a think is there literally can i not think of anything else well i mean okay if you're gonna make a biopic about me um a wild historical event that you could uh similarly to your inaugural you know announcement of barack obama like running for president um putin's inauguration speech gave me such bad vibes watching it live at the time that i do think it changed me as a person that is very fun to see like a young Layla watching Vladimir Putin give his speech and then like you can like the the low droning noise in the background as the camera like kind of zooms in on your face and you can see Putin's uh, reflection in your eyes. Yeah, man, I didn't, I didn't know anything about politics at the time. I just I've I've never felt that way before about a person where I just like looked at that man speaking on TV and I was like, oh, I don't like him. <laughs> ah, bad vibes. <laughs> vibes ooh, bad so yeah i think that's those are mine j6 and putin's inauguration uh yeah um (laughs) my Mm -hmm. my riotous romance my 
rebellious romance <laughs> my i'm trying to figure out what the hallmark movie for j6 is titled um, um you could god if you could do like a, a pun it could be like just just the sixth or just us six and then mm-hmm. it, it turns into like a um it's like valentine's day but there's six different people across yes. there okay there's a libertarian there's Great. a democrat there's a republican yes. there yes. <laughs> all the different people from the, the different political spectrums and they all end up uh and they all resolve their differences uh, oh my god as they, Wait. okay here okay, I, go ahead. okay hold on galaxy brain there's there's two democrats that are friends mm-hmm. um one of them is like an like an actual dyed in the wool liberal right and the other one is just kind of like posing you know the the kind that would buy those rbg beaded collars that i showed you mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> yes i'm aware uh and then we need the the republican has to be gay and not like oh, not you know we're not doing we're not doing secret gay we're doing one of those out gay yes. republicans yeah one of the mm-hmm, sure yeah a youth right and then a bisexual libertarian that's how we're gonna even square that playing field mm-hmm. um and that, so that's two, two, and then we need, like, a Republican, and then, uh, what are they called? A sovereign citizen. <laughs> Not the sovereign citizen! I don't respect the rights or, or <laughs> authority of this nation, but you know what? You've, <laughs> I respect the claim that, your just- heart, that you have on my heart. They're just. <laughs> I was gonna say they're just in town refueling. <laughs> oh my god! Like on their way back home to West Virginia. Oh, there's gotta be. Please, I'm begging you, <laughs> Disney, <laughs> Fox. No, this has got, come on, Universal Studios, 20th Century Fox. Do you think we could get Illumination? We could get the the Minions people. We could make it an animated. <laughs> Fucking Tubi? Tubi, please. This is such a good idea. Um, (laughs) Oh, I'm crying. (laughs) Is is this the most deranged marketing minute we've done in the podcast so far? It's easily the most disrespectful. It's definitely not respectful of one of the worst moments in American history. Yeah, but Uh, if we don't laugh, we'll cry. But it is 2024. Um... So <laughs> yeah, it's 2024. Register to vote, please. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Anyway, <sighs> anyway. Uh, uh gosh, Layla. When we are not again, as always, spitting liquid gold <laughs> into the internet. Um, where can we be found online besides here? Oh, Jesus Christ! You can find me at l e y l s e s on Tumblr and Blue Sky. Um, I. Yeah, I'm not doing all that much. I just kind of hang. Um, I'm wor- oh, I'm working on a bunch of essays. I'm working on an essay about my love for Ring Fit Adventure, why it's just like a beautifully designed game. Um, Long term, I'm working on my Xenosaga essay. Um, and then there's a third one that I'm actually blanking on right now, but I'm sure it's great. Uh, and then I am drawing again, uh, you know, when I have time. Um, mostly I'm taking classes. So, you know. What about you? Uh, I'm at Aaron SXL on Twitter, Monster Factory Fanfic on Tumblr, and uh, Avoid on Blue Sky and YouTube. If you like tabletop uh, commentary, you can find me at Avoid on YouTube. Um, and yeah, I'm just, I'm just, I'm hanging out, writing a tabletop game, trying to finish up a novel. A lot of stuff happening. Um, we'll see how much of it gets done this year. <laughs> um, 
Yeah, our, ain't that the fucking case? Yes, it absolutely is. Our theme song is absolutely by Keshko from the album Filmmakers Reference Kit Volume 2. You can find more of their music at keshko.bandcamp.com. Layla, um, what do we what do we say to leave our listeners uh, and, and go into the next week? Uh, well, I got a question for you. Uh, would you say you were alive before you died? <laughs> no, Layla. I was born a ghost. <laughs> we'll see you all next time.